Have you ever pondered a verse that you've read in the Bible, if you're a Christian, or just pondered life in general? There's some things that seem to just weigh on you sometimes. You know, you, you read a verse, a passage, or maybe if it's not a Christian thing, you might be reading uh, something and, and something about that article just strikes you and you're sort of like, that resonates with me. There's a verse that I've, I've read in Corinthians that talks about us Christians being the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that we're not talking about just our body. There's two temples of the Holy Spirit that the Bible talks about. One is that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So as a Christian, you should be living a, a, a life that is pleasing to God where because you know that the Spirit of God dwells within you. The other temple of the Holy Spirit is the church together. So it talks about, uh, the, the verse basically says this, don't you know that you together are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now, that's pretty important, isn't it? Like When you read that, it's like, well, wait a minute. It's not just me as an individual, but us together. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And then it says, anyone who destroys this temple will be destroyed. And that's the verse that sort of like, I was like, wow, this is big news for us as Christians, isn't it? That God holds the church, his body, the temple of the Holy Spirit in such high esteem that he says anyone who destroys this body will be destroyed. And I've been like pondering it for many years actually as I keep going back to it and thinking about it, that there is such an importance that God places on the body of Christ that we together are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we need to be careful about how we enter in to fellowship with other believers. And we've been talking a lot about different relationship things over the last year. We'll be continuing it on through this year, just messages here and there about different things. But what is it that destroys the temple of the Holy Spirit? The biggest thing, the biggest, you know, thing that that would tear a body apart, that would make a church go from somewhere that, that is united, where people are a living and breathing Christ where they're loving on one another, where they're caring for one another, where they're, they're living for one another. What's the biggest thing that could destroy that? Because I wanted to make sure that I'm not part of this mob that destroy this unity that Christ is wanting us to have. And unity is so important. We're not talking about everyone being uniform in the way they think and do things and everything, but a unity of the Spirit where we are bound together by God and, and working together for his purpose, the kingdom purpose and loving one another. And today I wanted to just talk about two of the most dangerous people you will ever meet. People that you need to be aware of. It may even be you, I don't know. But when you associate with them, when you are around them, it's going to actually start to pull apart relationships, friendships, family, church, and you could even extend that even into businesses, government, whatever it might be, that this will actually be true. Two of the most dangerous people. We're going to talk about them in a minute. Because, I don't know about you, but I want the Church of God to be that place of unity and strength, where we are loving one another. And today I was was like, you know, God, I just want to talk about something else. I want to talk about something more exciting something about your goodness, about how you are so amazing and you work in our lives in amazing ways, but I just really feel like God wants to just throw something out to us 
to think about. And those two people are the gossip and the troublemaker. These people are very, very dangerous. And I'm going to be reading a few verses in a minute about those things. But I want that to sink into us. That these people are very dangerous, the gossip and the troublemaker. Now I would hope, and I don't think there's much stuff going on here as far as I know, but as I read through the verses about this, and mainly in Proverbs, what, what, what is the fruit of a gossip and a troublemaker? Every single time it causes division and it causes relationships to break down and it causes trouble and it causes strife and it causes quarrelling, it tears families apart and no doubt it tears churches apart as it would a business, as it would government as it would all those sorts of things. And the point of today's message is not to to make us feel so guilty about every little thing we said because we know that there's ditches, right? I've talked about it before that for every mile of road there's two miles of ditches and we can go either side of that ditch and start to worry that, oh no, I can't even say anything about anybody ever or else I'll be a gossip or, you know, the other side is we just tell everything because, you know, we're meant to tell the truth. So we'll go into a ditch over here and just start to go, well, that's all right because it's the truth. So I wanted to sort of define a little bit what it might look like for us to be in that mindset, I guess, or that type of person, toip, <laughs> that type of person, a gossiper or a troublemaker. Because if we, we were like, you know what, we're just going to shut down everything, um, we're not going to talk about anyone, we could, we could look at Jesus' life where, you know, he spoke to the Pharisees and he warned the disciples. He said, you know, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. He talked directly to their face and he said, you guys are vipers, you're snakes. So that information was passed on. But what is it that really makes it gossip if I'm talking about someone? Other times there's facts. You think about the Bible with... The Old Testament, you know, David slept with Bathsheba. Then he put his, the guy who is his, her husband out into the front of battle so he'd get killed. Information that's correct and true. And we want to make sure that we're not these people that live in fear and we're always worried that what we're doing is wrong, but we need to listen to the Holy Spirit and what does he say? I guess the bottom line to me was this as I started to think about it. Anything that tries to assassinate someone else's character for my own benefit is gossip. Whenever I talk about someone in a way that is designed to make them look smaller in somebody else's eyes or to make me look bigger in their eyes, that's gossip. When I'm not part of the solution and I'm talking about it with everyone, That is gossip. When I am part of the solution and I'm talking about it with people that can help and bring change to heal a situation, that's not gossip. Does it make sense? And of course, amongst your family, you do talk about stuff that's not out to destroy and pull down people, but you're just talking about information, things that have happened. But isn't it true That when you are talking about someone, in order to pull them down, it doesn't bring unity. If you are talking about someone in order that there might be healing come, that always brings unity and peace. 
And so that's what I want us to think about today and just the dangers of it. Troublemakers and gossipers. Now, the first problem is this, that gossip is delicious. <laughs> Can we just put up our first verses, please? Both in Proverbs basically say, well, they do say exactly the same thing. Rumours are dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. This is the hard part of it, because often as people we are drawn to these things, aren't we? As soon as we hear something, our little ears prick up and we're like, I've got to find about that. What's that little secret? What's that dainty morsel that is before me? And, and it's like, you know, those places where you go and you sample those little things and every now and then you put something into your mouth and it bursts and it's beautiful and you've just got to go back for more. This is what rumours can be to us. They're things that aren't true. They're things that that are just thrown out there without an answer. They're, they're thrown out without truth and yet somehow our heart delights to listen to these things. we just got to find out more. What did you say about them? We hear something just a little bit interesting and we'd like to just taste it a little bit more. And the problem is they do sink into your heart and they begin to infect your soul when you hear rumours. We're not talking about facts talking about rumours. And just as an interesting point, who is right in an argument? Who is right in a conflict? I can tell you who it is straight away. The person who tells you first. Proverbs says that. It says your neighbour's cause seems right and just until you talk to the other person. It's so true. So many times through life I've found that someone who tells their story first is the one who gets the truth out there. They're the one that people believe. They're the one that, that people will go, well, that's been said, then that must be true. But if you actually took the time to talk to the other person, you'd find it isn't. I know for sure I've been misrepresented sometimes. People have said, oh, so-and-so said that you said this. And I'm like, I didn't say that. So-and-so says, this is what you believe. I don't believe that. Have you found that in your life too, that people have developed an opinion of you just because of what someone else has said to them? True or otherwise. It happens, doesn't it? And that's the way it is with us. Sometimes the first thing to do and recognise is that if you hear something, don't just believe it. Don't just grab hold of it. Don't just say, yeah, well, that must be true because they told me first. If it's something very dangerous or very deep or very dark or divisive, you really need to go and talk to that person. But that's what rumours are. They're so dainty to our soul. We like to eat them. We like to take them down and just believe them straight away. We need to be careful that we don't. I just rem remember once um, talking to someone and, and they're going, you know what, I keep my ear to the ground. I'm like, wow, no wonder it's so dirty. <laughs> I'm always hearing things. I've got my ear to the ground. That's not where it should be. Your ear should be to your heavenly father. What is he saying? What is he speaking? What, what is he doing? And what we've got to watch out for is where trouble gets stirred up from all these things. I'm just going to probably just go through the scriptures in a minute. <laughs> it probably won't even be long today, but it's just some things that I just want us to settle in our soul. 
Because God loves his church. God loves his church and he wants us to have good relationships together. He wants us to walk in unity. Why? Because that's where he commands a blessing. But there are people who are determined to pull that apart and usually it's because of their their low self-esteem because they think less of themselves and they want to feel like they are better than. If I can assassinate the character of someone else, it will lift me up. And I would almost guarantee, because I don't know everyone here, but there might be a perfect person sitting amongst us, that each one of us has done that at some time in our life. Where we have said something, we've told somebody something for no other reason than to make us look better or that person look worse because we're in conflict with them. Or we just want to delve into the, to the juiciness of it. The juiciness. It's just so juicy what I heard. So let's have a look at a few of these verses hey, in Proverbs and we'll just go through them one at a time. Scoundrels create trouble. Proverbs 16, verse 27, 28. Their words are, destru- are a destructive blaze. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife and gossip separates best friends. This is how deep it can go that somebody who is your best friend can suddenly be turned against you if the gossip is there. Another version calls it the whisperer, the someone who always whispers to everybody else. They've always got this little something and it's a whisper so no one else can hear what they're telling them. And be sure that if someone's whispering to you about someone else, I mean to someone else about you, they will definitely be whispering about you to others because it's in their heart. You see, and the thing is that it comes as a seed, not as a fully blown thing. In other words, there's something planted in your heart and it begins to grow. It's not straight away necessarily a big thing and that's the danger of it. But then, listen to the next one. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. There's two things that we need to do. One is not throw it out there. Number two is not listen. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Let's keep going. Proverbs 20. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Fire goes out without wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Is this clear, guys? Is this clear, the destructive nature of what can happen? Just imagine a fire and you take away the wood. Where's the fire gone? It disappears. It's the same with people who cause trouble amongst a group of people. Once they're gone, it's funny how it becomes all good again, that relationships are restored and everything. One other point with that that I just wanted to really, um, really to address in how do you know when you're listening to gossip? How do you know you're hanging around a gossiper? Well, it's fruit. Jesus talks about fruit. What's the fruit of their life? But this is the other fruit, and I want you to think about it. For the people that you hang around, it's really important. 
I've got to admit, I hang around good people most of the time. They're great. And how do I know that? Because when I go away from them, I think better of other people. I don't go away questioning everything. I don't go away feeling more discouraged than when I met them. I go away feeling encouraged. The, the, the words that are being spoken are spirit and life to my soul. Have a think about the people that you have to do with. Are there some of them that every time you meet them, and I'm not talking about every now and then, when we all just have a bit of an outburst and an angry time and you know we're upset and all those sorts of things and we're just venting, but consistently whenever you hang around them, you are doubting someone else. Is there a person like that in your life that every time you hang around them, you think worse of someone? You feel more insecure. You feel less encouraged as you hang around them. Every single time you leave their presence, you are more depressed. You're less excited about your faith. You're not as involved in the fellowship with the saints because they slowly draw you away from the true fellowship that comes through Jesus Christ. It says pretty clearly in Proverbs, don't hang around them. Make sure you're wise in the choice of the people that you hang around. What about other people that you hang around? Now, this is a good guide. When you meet with them, you walk away and your faith has been increased. You walk away, you're more excited about God. You're more excited about his presence. You're more excited about gathering together with the saints. You're more secure. You're less depressed. There's joy that comes to your soul. Are there people like that in your life? And if there isn't, you need to get some. You need to get some. You want to be that person down the bottom there that says those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. The people of God should be those sorts of people, shouldn't they? That if there's someone struggling, that it's not now a dainty morsel to throw out to people and, and feed them with, oh, so-and-so is struggling. Oh, I don't know what's really up with them. Maybe it's their marriage. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And as I said, these little seeds of doubt go out. Now, if you ever played Chinese whispers as a kid, I was wanting to do it this morning. I was like, oh, maybe we could do it. I was like, people whispering in your ear that you don't know is probably not a good thing especially with COVID, let's add that. But it's funny, like when you're a kid and you're playing this game, Chinese Secrets, basically if you have never played it, you tell someone a sentence, a, a phrase or something at the start of this group and you go around and you're whispering in each other's ears and at the end something totally different comes out. <laughs> Try it at home. <laughs> it doesn't work with just two people. You need like a pretty big group. But that's what we are, isn't it? A big group of people. And the thing is with gossip is that it's not, not a truth being established, but a lie being grown. A lie being grown. So we want to be those people that can keep a confidence. Next slide, please. And this is what I just want us to, to really think about as we're heading out today. Actually, can you shut that down for a second? <laughs> That's a good verse. It's a good psalm. How do you deal with it? 
that's probably something that I should probably talk about. How do I deal with gossip? What if someone comes to me and says something? Because it will happen to you. There's no doubt about it. All right? And we're not talking about a good friend and the eventing. Again, do you understand ditches, please? You can never say anything anymore. You can't say so-and-so split up or someone's lost their job. That's not gossip. That's just stuff that you're passing on and, and often with concern. How do you deal with it? Number one, don't listen. If you don't know it to be true, don't just believe it. If the gossip involves someone that's in conflict with someone else or they're saying something about someone else and about their character, say to that person, that sounds awful, why don't we go together to see that person and sort it out? Let's go and be the peacemakers. Let's go and make sure that everything's right. Because what a whisper will do to us is make us think that somebody thinks something else about us. I don't know about you, but school groups, often it was there. She said she didn't like you. She never said that, but someone's trying to dissolve a friendship and so you start to believe that and all of a sudden you act differently to someone else. Go and sort it out. If it's really an issue... Don't let it separate you from your good friends because it just may not be true. And if it is true, as I said, it really needs to be sorted out because we want to live in peace with one another as much as possible as we can. And we will go to that person and sort it out. So that's how you sort of deal with it. The other thing is, watch your own words. How do you deal with it in your own life? If that's something that you are used to and like doing... How do you deal with that in your own life? The first thing is, say sorry to God. Repent of your sin, basically. Second, begin to seek God. Really, everything comes back to him all the time. How do I know that? Because the Bible clearly says that if we walk after the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh Part of that outworking of flesh is in quarrelling and gossiping and things like that. And as we draw close to God, we start to get his heart for other people and we cannot be that way anymore. As the Spirit of God comes alive in us, we tend towards righteousness, not towards sin. So in other words, as we keep close to God, what happens? Our heart begins to change. We begin to love other people and certainly someone who loves someone else believes the very best of them. They believe the best of them. Very important to do that. All right, let's go here to this next one. In our psalm, can we have that up again now that I've finally ranted? (laughs) Psalm 15, verse 1 to 3. And we'll be going on further from that. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbours or speak evil of their friends. Next slide, please. Is there another one? That's it? That's not it. (laughs) Let's go back. Oh, there we go. 
Those who just, hey, <laughs> get it back up. Those who despise flagrant sin and honour the Lord, uh, honour the faithful followers of the Lord, and they keep their promises even when they hurt themselves, I think it says. That is not fitting on there, is it? What's going on? I'll have to look at that, won't I? It's on. It's up. It's ready. All right. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbours or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honour the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest and who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent, such people will stand firm forever. Surely we want to know God, don't we? Surely we want to enter into his presence. And if there's things in my life that can keep me out of his presence, I want to get rid of them. Now, I understand Jesus has dealt with our sin, that we're forgiven of it, but we still sometimes sin, don't we? And God is calling us to be a people of integrity and honour, a trustworthy people that refuse to gossip and slander, that refuse to lie about others, that even when we promise something and it's hard, we still go through with it, even though it hurts. People of integrity. And sometimes we want to get to the presence of the Lord, but we're not willing to actually surrender ourselves and our lives to him and say, you know what, God, the way I'm acting and behaving is not acceptable. I can understand why I don't feel close with you anymore because of the way I'm living. Do you want to end up in his presence? Then you must take care of how you live and how you act. Because as you have a heart towards him, he will open up more and more to you. Now, I know it sounds strange because we know things are by grace. Yet God is calling us to live in this grace, the power of this grace, so we can overcome those things in our life and live for him. I'll just read that out again because I just love that psalm. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right, speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbours or speak evil of their friends. Those who despise flagrant singers and honour the faithful followers of the Lord and keep their promises even when it hurts. Those who lend money without charging interest, who cannot be bribed to lie about the innocent. Such people will stand firm forever. Do you want to see the Lord? Do you want to worship in his holy hill? Do you want the church of God to grow and flourish? 
Then you be a person who is faithful and true, who refuses to gossip, refuses to slander others. They have a sincere heart. This is a blessing we have from God to be able to get into his presence. Let's not waste it. Let's not live lives contrary to his word. Let's not walk how we want to walk, but let's give ourselves fully and completely to him. Last week was my message, don't forget about God. And I feel like God's still pressing that a little bit on my heart today. Don't forget about him in your life. Grow in love towards one another, which means you care for one another. Be established in that. That's your message for today, guys. Now, that wasn't a hoopla message, was it? (laughs) Anyone feeling excited because of that message? Let me tell you, sometimes the things that we establish are the most important things. We can go on excitement, we can go on fervor, which we should, that should be part of our Christian life, absolutely. But it's the digging, the deep stuff that you do in your soul that will make you stand firm. That is what's going to give you foundation in the storm. As Jesus talked about it, the man who built his house upon the rock, it was why? Because he heard the word of God and then did it. Heard the word and did it. And this morning, this this message actually will build a foundation. If we take it as a church and we're like, you know what, going forward, we are not going to be that way. We're not going to be troublemakers. We're not going to stir up strife and quarrelling. We're opposing one another. Now this morning, if that's you, I just want you to just take a little bit of time as we worship at the end. If you can think, actually, I do know that's me. I need to guard my mouth. As James talks about the tongue, it's, it's like a, a raging fire. It's just a horrible thing when we, we use it wrongly, but yet that same tongue can be used to bring life to others around us. If that's you this morning, as you're worshipping, I'm going to have people come up the front. You can if you want. And we'll pray about it, that you need to let it go. The other thing is if you've been listening to a lot of gossip, your ears getting a little bit dirty how about you take a bit of time out how about you hang around some people that actually love other people build them up and encourage them honestly I cannot say it enough if you are hanging around someone and every time you leave discouraged every time you feel worse about someone else they are not a good friend they are not a good friend Let's stand and worship together. Maybe too that this morning you're here and you've never actually accepted God into your life. Jesus is the only way, the only way to peace and joy, the only way to life in all its fullness. How does it work? The Bible just says this, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. Jesus is the Lord and you will be saved. The cross is where Jesus died so that my sin could be forgiven. You might be walking around this morning if you're so ashamed of your whole life. Jesus died for you so that you could be forgiven and restored 
to relationship with the Heavenly Father, that you should be free from your sin. So this morning, if that's you, I'm just going to pray. Just pray with me and just give your life to God. Father, I just thank you for Jesus. I pray this morning that you would just come into my life. I'm sorry for everything I've done that separated me from you. Forgive me in the name of Jesus. This morning, I just want to take that special gift that you've given me through your son. And from this day on, I just want to live for you. Amen. So let's sing. And um, this morning, if you want prayer for healing or something, just come up the front. We'll pray for you. See what God might do, eh? God is a healer. We were <laughs> I talk a lot with people, don't I? But I was talking about it with my wife. And I was just like, you know, why is it that so many people are looking for a reason for God not to be good when God says, I am good? Why are they looking for him not to be the healer when he says, I am the God that heals you? And so many times we're trying to put this barrier as if God's not quite capable. He's not really quite capable yet. What he says about himself is true. God himself says he is good. Jesus said, no one is good but my Father. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes from him. The Bible says that Jesus came to give life in all its fullness. It was a thief, Satan, who came to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give life. And yet all the time we're looking for a reason why God can't be good in my situation, why he can't do something in my situation. Can I just tell you right now, he is good and he is capable and he wants to do it. He wants to give good gifts to his children. So if that's you this morning, you want prayer for something, come up and let's see what God might do.